All right. How you doing? Welcome. Welcome to Brian Carter 99, a 49ers podcast. Hope you're having a good day. Um, only two more, two more practices left. So I just wanted to check in. We're going to do some stock up, stock down, injuries. I just want to catch up because we've now completed 11 of 13 practices and it's almost here. We've got a joint practice on Thursday with the Chargers, and then we've got a preseason game on Saturday. So things are here. We're going to do a little check-in, and then we got one more before preseason, and then we're in the preseason. The next thing you know, it'll be the season. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm just so pumped for us to finally get some real football, and uh, it's going to be a good time. So... Anyways, um, those are the main things I want to just keep an eye out for this week. The thing I want to keep an eye out for, uh, main thing I'm looking at this week is uh, obviously the game Saturday, but Thursday, when they have the joint practice with the Chargers, obviously if you follow uh, Niners Twitter, all the podcasts and everything, the websites, wherever you're at, there's you know a, a ton of media out there covering the Niners. But here's the thing is when you're in that little bubble, it's good to get an outside perspective. And we're going to get that outside perspective when they do a joint thing with the Chargers. So what I really want to see is I want to see Trey Lance and Herbert. I want to see how the media talks about how those two look compared to each other. Because Herbert balled out last year as a rookie. And if, if they look like they're... I think you get what I'm saying. Like they're both big, strong, physical athletes with a good amount of like just like big, tall, strong, fast with a big arm. So it's going to be really interesting to see how they're compared by uh, especially the Chargers media getting that you know one-on-one interaction. So first off, let's just check in. So checking in on the quarterbacks. Uh, first thing, Jimmy G, Trey Lance, how have they been doing? So the main thing is that Trey Lance has cooled off a little bit and Jimmy G has heated up a little bit. So the first couple practices, Trey Lance was absolutely crushing it and he still is playing really well. He's still, I would say, doing a little bit better than Jimmy in most practice situations, not all of them. Uh, he's still making impressive throws Jimmy is, you know, Jimmy's Jimmy. Even, again, I'm all for a motivated, fired up, pissed off Jimmy, but he's still Jimmy. He's still going to be maxing out 10, 15, maybe 20-yard passes. And Trey's still impressing with, you know, 30, 40-yard passes, like every day that he's just, like, rocketing. So Jimmy has definitely played better, especially in, like, two-minute drill and, like, situational drills. And I think that really is just his NFL experience. And really, that's what Jimmy G, that's the one advantage that Jimmy G really has right now is just the experience in things like two-minute drill and the understanding and command of the offense and mostly just like situational football experience. Jimmy still has that, and he's looked better later on through this camp. I would say that Jimmy has looked a lot better the last three or four practices than the ones prior to that. Trey, on the other hand, is still looking good, but he's not looking 
as good and he's not as consistent and he's struggling a little bit more in these you know kind of like two minute drills and things like that where it's situational uh, situational awareness and situational football so still good news and you also got to always keep in mind that Trey is still playing against the number two defense so even though Trey's numbers are like you know 65% completion percentage and like 10 touchdowns to like two interceptions throughout training camp, that's versus the twos. And especially the back seven on the second team, not nearly as good as the back seven on the first team. So, uh, in other quarterback news, Rosen versus Sudfeld. I know it's not the most exciting battle, but it is a battle that's happening. They're trying to decide who's going to be the backup quarterback. Uh, Rosen is, you know, more talented, more athletic, but Sudfeld is playing better. And I heard something interesting a few days ago. I don't remember which. It was on, it was on one of the podcasts that I listened to. It's hard because I listen to like 10 different Niner podcasts. Um, but someone brought up the idea basically that Josh Rosen still has the mindset of, he really wants to be a starter and he deserves a chance to be a starter. Whereas Sudfeld, some guys want to be the starter and some guys are cool with being a backup. And Sudfeld seems to really want, like he just wants to be the backup. Sudfeld's like, hey, you know what? I am cool with just being a career NFL backup because if you can be a career NFL backup, like, Shit, you can have like a 10-year career as a backup quarterback if you're if you're solid, a good teammate, you're good at you know holding the clipboard, giving, you know, tips and stuff. And uh where Rosen might have, you know, a better arm and a little bit more athleticism, Sudfeld might win it just because he's outperforming it and it seems like his head and his heart is more in it. So Right now, I got to say that while Rosen's the more talented of the two, I think Sudfeld's winning the number three quarterback job. So I would not be surprised if uh, we have Jimmy G, Trey Lance, Sudfeld, and Rosen gets cut. Or maybe we just end up with Jimmy G and Trey Lance as the one and two, and we have Sudfeld on the practice squad. With the amount of guaranteed money they gave Sudfeld, I don't think that they want to put him on the practice squad just because I'm pretty sure they'll want that security, especially if Jimmy gets dealt, which I don't think is going to happen. Um, But I think they want that security uh, just because he spent the entire preseason and training camp like teaching a guy the playbook and practicing, building chemistry and all that. It sucks when you spend all that time and energy and money getting a guy ready to play with your team and your system, and then somebody snags him off your practice squad. So I wouldn't be surprised if they kept three quarterbacks, especially because that gives them a little bit of flexibility if they do decide to deal Jimmy, which again, I don't think they do, but we never really know. This whole thing has been kind of crazy. So I do want to check in on some of the other rookies. So... The other rookies and stuff going on. And uh, if I have to pause for a second, it's because I'm getting rid of a couch. So I'm getting, I just bought a new couch and we're getting rid of the old couch. So anyways, uh, running backs. So actually I think they're here. So I'm going to hit pause and I'll be right back. 
And I'm back. We now no longer have a couch on our porch or my old lazy boy. So, good stuff. Making room in the living room. Anyways, so, back to what we were talking about. Running backs. Uh, so, the rookie running backs, Sermon and Mitchell. Sermon's been primarily splitting reps with Mostert uh, with the ones. So, it definitely seems like they're looking at Sermon as... He's going to be like the 1A, 1B with Mostert, which is good news. I mean, I love it because, again, like I mentioned, Thunder Lightning. You get uh, Sermon in there. He's this like big, bruising, tackle-breaking, balance kind of guy who's also got good hands for checkdowns, good in pass protection. You have him to just like pound the rock. And his whole thing was just yards after contact, contact balance, vision he's just gonna wear guys out throughout the game and then you throw Mostert in you know here and there give him 10 15 carries a game and he gets one or two good carries and he's you know it you've seen Mostert's speed you give him the ball if he hits the right crease he's gone he's the fastest player in the NFL uh hands down you know they've They've done the test. <laughs> so you've got Thunder Lightning. So Sermon, it looks like, is going to be the 1B, 1A with Moster. Uh, Mitchell, Elijah Mitchell, he's been looking really good with the twos. Uh, both have also been looking really good in the pass game, uh, which is really good. It's always helpful for a quarterback to have a running back that can get open one-on-one uh, -on -one versus like linebackers and it sounds like they've both been doing pretty well getting open versus linebackers and also good hands they've had really good hands I think Mitchell's only had like one drop uh, so yeah both have been doing really well also in terms of pass protection Sermon was really good in college in pass protection and it sounds like Mitchell's been doing better i i remember watching mitchell's tape and i never saw him doing pass protection it was always just kind of like look around real quick if there was no blitz to pick up then he would go out and just kind of sit in an empty spot as like a check down guy but apparently he pancaked dre greenlaw today and then they got into a little bit of a shoving match during a pass protection thing so uh, that's, that's good. You know, if Mitchell's pancaking Greenlaw on a blitz, I mean, that's the pass protection you want. Um, also an interesting thing about Mitchell, he did have a chance to talk about his weight and his speed. It sounds like he said that in college he was playing in the 215 to 220 pound range. And he said that he would run about a four five. But he did cut down on his pro day to about 200. So he cut about like 15 or so pounds, 15 to 20 pounds for his pro day. And he ran in the mid four threes. So that was one of the things that was kind of weird when I was looking at the draft profile. Because you watch the tape. He looks a lot bigger than 5'10", 200. And he doesn't look like a 4'3 guy. But then you look at the pro day stuff and he was 200 pounds running in the mid four threes. So he definitely, you know, said, hey, I did play at that weight. I ran at that speed and I cut down to this weight to run at this speed. And he said right now he's weighing in about 210 pounds. 
and he's he thinks that he's kept most of his speed so he's probably looking at like a, a low four four right now which perfect if you're you know 510 210 pounds running call it a four four flat that's perfect that is more than enough speed as long as you've got some vision where you can you know know when to cut back on those outside zone plays that's perfect and also for checkdowns if you're giving him the ball on a check down, you know, say that he's like three or five yards out sitting, waiting in a flat, check the ball down to him. He's got four, four speed. He can take off and book it for a quick 10, 15, 20 yards. So, um, yeah, good stuff. Uh, overall, just good stuff on the running backs. The only concern I had was that Sermon had a fumble or two in training camp. As long as he doesn't have any more of those, then we should be all good. And I really liked both of these running backs. And I'm really, I'm really excited to see them in preseason. And that's where we'll get a really good idea about how good they actually are on the field. Because right now, it, everything in training camp is so easy to, for running backs to look good because there's no tackling. When there's real tackling, that's how we'll be able to see how good they are with their vision, how good they are with their balance, how good they are breaking tackles, evading tackles etc. But right now they look really good and everything is, you know, thumbs up with both the rookie running backs. The second round guard, Aaron Banks, he's been struggling a little bit. He's still only playing with the twos. Now he has, it sounds like been getting better, but he's still not good enough to be the starting right guard. And that is a little bit of a concern because we're getting to the end of training camp. And if he's not going to win the starting right guard position by the time the season starts, it's going to be really hard for him to work his way in uh, unless there's an injury. Because Dan Brunskill is solid at right guard. He's been the primary right guard. There's been a couple other guys like Tom Compton got a couple reps at right guard. Uh, we really want Aaron Banks to win that starting right guard, especially because he was a top 50 pick. I think he was like pick number 48. And you spend a top 50 pick, you expect to get a starter. And he's supposed to be just a plug and play right guard. So I know that one-on-ones for offensive linemen versus defensive linemen are kind of set up for the defensive linemen to win since it's just one-on-ones. But Aaron Banks, really, he's got to step it up if he's going to win that starting right guard. And I know that he's playing against some very good defensive tackles because we have a very good, very deep interior defensive line. But he's got to step it up. So we're going to really want to make sure that we keep an eye on him during preseason as well. He needs to play very well in preseason or else he might not win the starting position uh, at right guard. And we want him to because Dan Brunskill's best spot is to be the backup utility everything. He's the sixth offensive lineman. He's the first man up if anyone offensive line gets hurt, whether it's tackle, center, guard. That's what we want is Brunskill to be next man up everywhere because we got a second round guard. He should be plug and play starting week one. So we'll keep an eye on him preseason. The rookie corners... Lenore and Amory Thomas, they've both been struggling a bit. Um, playing corner in the NFL is really hard. It's a very sharp learning curve. And they're basically fourth and fifth round rookies. I know that Thomas was technically a third rounder, but again, 
compensatory third round pick. It's basically a fourth round pick. Um, and you don't really expect a fourth and a fifth round corner to be ready to start by week one of their rookie year. And they shouldn't have to. Both of these guys were brought in to be developmental guys. You know, like Ambry Thomas was brought in as, hey, you've got a guy who put on some really good film in 2019. He sounds like he's got the right attitude and he's got some good traits in terms of speed, agility, length, and he could potentially develop into a good player. But he also didn't play last year and he's going to need some time to develop. The good news is that he shouldn't have to start. The bad news is that if somebody gets hurt, he will likely be one of the first people to play. But he's got to develop. He's, uh, Ambry has been looking better. He's been looking progressively better with the second team. I know that he's had a couple pass breakups now, which is good news. It, I think he just needs a little seasoning. And one of the big things that I heard was strength. And... I do think that's a very big thing is just the physical transition from college to NFL because there is a very big difference between playing against like a like a, a 19, 20 year old wide receiver versus a professional 26 year old athlete. There's a very big difference in the physicality that they're bringing. And when you're playing corner, you could get matched up. I mean, who's he going to be going up against? He's got to go up against just in our division. Tyler Lockett, DK Metcalf, DeAndre Hopkins, Cooper Cup, Robert Woods. That's just in our division. We get into the playoffs, he's probably going to have to go against Devontae Adams. Um, you know, if if uh, we ever matched up against the Buccaneers in the playoffs, he's having to go up against Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Antonio Brown. Like, there's some very, very good wide receivers out there and I just don't think he's ready yet I do think they both need time to develop and I will feel good about these picks if they're starting next year if they earn a starting spot next year that'll make me feel good this year I don't I don't really want them playing I just want them learning working on their bodies and getting ready for the NFL because Ambry potentially could be a good starting outside corner and I think Lennar could be a good nickel they're just not there yet and it's showing in camp and again rookies basically a fourth and a fifth rounder but I was kind of hoping that we would see a little bit better from them uh, but again you know preseason we'll keep an eye on it this is only camp we'll have a much better idea after we get a couple preseason games and some tape on them uh, safety Talano Hafunga, uh, what we've seen from him is that he is what we saw on film. He's not quite the athlete that you want, but he is a high motor, good football instincts kind of guy. He understands zones. He understands coverages. He's 100% more than willing to come down, tackle a guy, even if he's not the best tackler, even if he's only a 4-7 guy. He's not quite fast enough to be a safety, not quite big enough to be a linebacker, but he gives the energy and the effort 
And he's got good instincts and good football IQ and good awareness. I'm really not sure how he's going to fit in on this team just because he's not quite big enough to be a linebacker and he's not quite fast enough to really play safety. But his awareness of the football game and his motor makes you somebody you want to root for. So I don't really know how he's going to be implemented, uh, but he's primarily been playing second team uh, strong safety. So keep an eye on him. I mean, he is what we saw in, in – on his college film, you know, he's high motor, instinctual, great college player who just doesn't quite have the physical attributes that you would want. And the last rookie um, that I'll bring up here, actually, no, I, I will mention Austin Watkins in a minute. Uh, but Jalen Moore, the left tackle out of Michigan, he has primarily been playing left tackle with the number twos, and he's been looking okay. Like, he hasn't been looking great. He hasn't been impressive. But I think that he's been better than expected. And while when they drafted, he played left tackle in college. And while they said they were going to play him at guard, he's primarily been playing left tackle. And it seems like he's, from what it looks like in terms of the reps and how he's playing, it sounds like he's making a good enough impression with his play that he might be earning himself that swing tackle job. At the very least, it sounds like he's making the roster unless something bad happens. Um, so good news on him. You know, maybe they found a quality offensive lineman depth. And uh, another rookie who uh, I will bring up real quick, Austin Watkins, the undrafted wide receiver out of UAB. He has made a couple impressive catches, and I think my favorite one was against Diamador Lenore. Uh, if you remember, earlier on during OTAs, there was that little video that came out where Lenore was up against Watkins. They were doing some kind of like press drill, and Watkins tried to run a slant, but he tripped, slipped, fell, and Lenore, he jammed him, and then he ended up jumping the route and picking off Trey Lance. So that was kind of during OTAs. However, there was this amazing throw. I think it was Lance. I'm not sure. I don't remember who threw the ball. But it was in the bucket, and it was just one-on-one, -on -one, Watkins and Lenore, and it looks like Watkins was just running like a go route. Like he was just going straight. And this is like a 30 or 40 yard catch. And he ends up uh, just running straight into Lenore, you know, pushing him vertically. Lenore is usually in phase. I will say one thing about Lenore is that he usually is in phase. He's just not good at the point of catch. So he's not good at breaking things up. Typically is he'll be in in tight coverage, he'll allow the receiver to catch it, and then he'll try and break it up, or he'll tackle him. So what happened here was that Austin Watkins is running, and he is just pushing vertically, and it's an end zone shot, and there is just this ball that is dropped in the bucket, and you just see him dive and catch it, and Lenar just jumps on top of him and punches hard at the ball. And somehow Austin Watkins comes up with it. And that's what he does. He has the best hands ever. 
one drop in his entire college career, and he isn't dropping shit in practice. Richie James has dropped like four passes. Austin Watkins has dropped one pass his entire lifetime. This dude has fucking hands. I don't know how he did it, but that was... It was an incredible catch. Even with Lennar draped all over him, punching the ball out at the point of catch, he just catches it full speed, like 40 yards downfield, in the end zone, hits the ground, comes up, and he's like, what? What are you going to do? And uh, I loved it. it. It got me fired up. I don't know if Watkins is making the team, but I got to tell you, I am I am a fan. I am a big fan. I really like him. And uh, at the very least, I hope he makes the practice squad and maybe he can come in, contribute or something. But I really like Watkins. He's awesome. You know, he's he's big and strong. He's not super fast. He's not super explosive. But fuck, throw a ball to him and the dude is going to catch it. Like, he doesn't drop shit. I love it. Whew. Anyways, uh, so that's kind of the... That's the rookie stuff. A few other things going on in camp. Today, today we had our first couple fights. That was fun. There was three of them. Uh, you love to see those scuffles and just the guys getting fired up and they're getting angry. You know, they're like, they're 10 practices in and they're getting tired of pushing each other around and tempers are kind of flaring up and people are really going at it. Apparently, Lakin Tomlinson and uh, Kevin Givens got into it. Lakin got into two shoving matches today. And then Greenlaw and Mitchell, I mentioned that. Mitchell pancaked Greenlaw uh, in pass protection, and they ended up getting into a scuffle. So, uh, I like it. I like it. As long as you're not getting into some full-on, like, fist fight, brawl, dog pile. Like, that's stupid. Don't do that. But, you know, guys just getting fired up and shoving each other. You know, like, you like to see that there's some fire in the guys, you know? So it's good stuff. And today is Tuesday the 10th. They've got one more practice with just the team. And then on Thursday, Thursday practice, the 12th, they're going to be doing a joint practice with the Chargers. So they'll finally be able to hit some people other than their own teammates. And I think this is the perfect time when you want to see, you know, that kind of, that blood boiling a little bit. Guys are, guys are feisty and ready to go. Cool. Uh, the wide receiver room is starting to look a little bit clearer. So I would say that at this point we have four locks. So obviously Ayuk, he's amazing. Can't wait to see year two. A lot of impressive comps. I think he could be a legitimate star wide receiver one. Debo, awesome. Looking for a bounce back year three. He looks incredible. Uh, so far, he's pretty healthy, you know. Knock on wood. Mohamed Sanu coming in, looking healthier. He's got the veteran presence. He's been in the NFL for eight or ten years now he's healthy now off that high ankle sprain that he had about two seasons ago that was making him not do all that well he's kind of playing that veteran big power slot receiver that kind of wide receiver three big slot and then Trent Sherfield. Sherfield has been balling out in camp and he has looked like legitimate wide receiver he has looked Aside from, obviously, Ayuk and Debo, you could argue that Sherfield is the third best receiver on the uh, field. 
throughout practice. So I think those four guys are the locks. And with Sanu being more of a big slot, Sherfield is more of a straight line speed guy. He's He could be your outside guy with Sanu being your slot. So you could have Ayuk, Debo, they could play either outside or they can play in the slot. Sanu brings the veteran presence to the wide receiver group. He pay, plays the slot role, good in blocking, big, strong possession guy, good at getting open and underneath coverage, but he's not a burner. Whereas Sherfield, he can be kind of an additional outside or inside deep threat because he's got the speed, but he's also big enough to play on the outside. He's like six one i think 210 pounds or so but he's fast and he's looked really good he's had he's looked really good throughout all camp so i say those four guys right now if you were to ask me i'd say those four guys are locks for the wide receiver group and i i do like that i feel good about those four after that it's when it starts becoming question marks i will say Jawan jennings the seventh round pick last year he has looked very good since he got back off the COVID protocol. So I know he's only been back for two or three practices, but he has looked very good in every practice. He's beating Verrett. He's, he's beaten Verrett. He's beaten Ward. He's catching passes on 11 and 11s. He looks really good. He's catching touchdown passes and red zone drills. So I... Personally, I would say based off the reports I'm hearing and what I'm seeing, Jennings could legitimately be one of the final couple. And other than that, I mean, we got some bad news today. Heard he had to sit out again. I think he's missed like two thirds of practice. And it's like he he practices for a day. We see him doing a couple of release drills. He looks good. And then he's out for a couple of days. And then he's back for a day. And then he's out for a couple of days. And he just, he needs to practice. He needs to get on the field. If Hurd is not going to practice and he's not going to play this preseason, I don't think he makes the team. As much as we want to see this thing called Jalen Hurd, this six foot five, 220 pound running back, tight end, wide receiver, badass, if he's not going to practice and he can't be on the field, like, you know, what are you going to do? Um, and then you've got Richie James, who I've been a fan with ever since we drafted him in the seventh round three years ago, but he's so inconsistent. I think he's had four drops in training. Four. You can't do that. If you have one or two drops in training, that's one thing, but he's had four. I think that Richie James has had more drops than catches because I don't know if he's had more than four catches in training camp. Uh, it's it's just not good. At least in 11 on 11s, I'll say that. So Richie James is inconsistent. Jalen Hurd is hurt again. And again, I really like Watkins, but I don't know if he's quite ready to make... I don't know if he's quite ready to earn a spot. I, I think he might need another year. But who knows? Maybe they do bring him on and keep him as... Kind of like a kind of like a red shirt wide receiver six where he just plays special teams or something. Um, and I haven't really heard anything about anyone else standing out. I mean, you've got River Craycraft, and it's like cool. Like we're all fans of the River Club, and we've got Travis Benjamin. And hey, way to go! You know, you're fast little guy, but 
he's past his prime. I haven't heard anything about him. Kevin White, former top 10 pick, but hasn't played in the NFL basically anything in years because of injuries. And he was in there for special teams on a couple plays last year, but I just don't see any other guys that have stood out enough that have that have made me feel confident in that. What I feel great about is I feel great about Ayuk and Debo, and I feel good about Sanu and Sherfield. And the fact that we have four receivers that I feel good about is a good thing because chances are is you're going to use four receivers. Uh, hopefully you don't ever need to use your fifth and sixth receiver, and I think preseason is going to determine who they are. Another thing that's not all that great is safety depth. So, two things. Jaquiski Tart, sounds like things are not going well for him in his recovery, or at the very least, they're on track, but they don't expect him back anytime soon. Uh, Shanahan said it's not day-to-day. It's going to be a while. He is still on the active pup with that toe. Who knows how long this toe is going to take, I hope that it doesn't start into the season, but who knows? I mean, we we might not have very much Tart this year. We know Tart's had an injury history. I don't think he's ever finished an entire season without missing games due to injury. Uh, but, but we need him. And if we don't have him, that's a bad thing. Also, Tony Jefferson. So Tony Jefferson we brought in. And he had a minor injury. I don't think it was anything too serious, like groin, hamstring, something like that. But... Either way, safety, depth, and then you add on top of that, obviously, we lost Tervarius Moore in the preseason with the torn Achilles, and Marcel Harris has been essentially converted, I, I don't think it's official official, but he's basically converted to linebacker. So our safety depth is not all that good. Uh, the good news so far is that Tavon Wilson has been playing good. So at this moment, Tavon Wilson is looking like the starting strong safety. And he's a solid veteran safety. And I would say that the strong safety position is not the most important position on the field. If you have a, if you have just a solid starting strong safety, but the rest of your team is good, I think that's okay. But what it has done is that All these injuries and the lack of depth means that we're bringing in some veterans for tryouts. Among those, Bradley McDougald, if you remember, former Seahawk and former Jet. Also, HaHa Clinton Dix. And also, Andrew Sendejo. So, we might end up signing one of those guys within the next day or two. I believe they were coming in either today or tomorrow for a workout. So, we will see. Uh, Either way... Not a good sign for the depth at safety. I think Jimmy Ward is really good. Tart is a good safety, but if if he can't play, that means that we're now relying on Wilson. The one thing I am wondering, and this is kind of actually right now my dark horse under the radar guy that might make the team. Former undrafted free agent last year out of Alabama, Jared Maiden. I've heard some good things about him in camp. He's got some versatility. He could play nickel. He can play safety. And he's been having a good camp so far, and I've heard some good reports. So I'm going to keep an eye on him in this preseason because I think that 
the lack of our depth at safety, Jared Maiden could sneak onto the squad as one of those guys who could potentially play nickel or strong safety or free safety. And with how bad our depth is at safety, that's one spot that we might need. Also, this might be good news for Marcel Harris because we know he can play strong safety. We don't want him playing a deep free safety, but if we need Harris to play strong safety, that's basically what he's good at, and he's converting to linebacker. So we could see where they maybe have, maybe we end up with like Jared Maiden being the back, like a, a backup backle, backup backup, nickel safety with Marcel Harris being like a backup, backup, linebacker, strong safety. So just kind of my thoughts here. Some like kind of hybrid players that might be making the team. Anyways, uh, last couple things here. So we did have a couple cuts and a couple signings. Nothing crazy, but you know, some depth changes. So we ended up cutting cornerback Mark Fields and signing cornerback Alex Myers. So Alexander Myers, he was a 2019 undrafted free agent. Uh, don't really know a whole lot about him. He's been around the league mostly on practice squads, I think, for about two years. Similar to Mark Fields, but, you know, we got to, if things aren't working, you try somebody else in. We also cut an offensive lineman and signed a defensive lineman. I don't even remember their names. My guess is it's probably just rotational camp depth, so... Anyways, that's the main news um, as far as our team goes. Around the NFL, some interesting things. First thing is some people, some trade rumors, some available players. Jaguars, former first-round pick, I believe last year, the 2020 first-round corner, C.J. Henderson. Apparently the Jaguars have him available for trade, so I don't know. I think Trent Baalke is... One of my, uh, somebody I don't really care for. And now that he's over there, he's making dumb decisions as per usual. So apparently CJ Henderson's available for trade. I don't know what that means. They must feel very good about their current corners and they feel very bad about him or they're trying to recoup the cost of him. But I mean, he's a first round pick. I think last year he didn't play that much because of, I want to say a shoulder injury and he played badly. But again, rookie corners usually play badly because it's such a hard position. But if he's available, it's, it's something worth looking into, especially because it would cost so little. I think it would only be, I think I remember seeing somewhere between four and seven million dollars over the next three years, and you have three years of contract. And he's a first round pick, and he's very talented. And I think he would fit the scheme well, too, because while we're doing more of like, it seems like we're doing more of a man, more man coverage, so more man coverage, more match coverages, as well as, you know, obviously our quarters and cover three. I think he could be a very good fit. The question is, what's it going to cost to get him? And that'll be very hard because we don't have a one. Giving up a two would be very difficult. And where is he going to fit in? Because Mosley's been playing really well since he came back. Mosley's been balling out. Verrett has looked like a pro bowler. He looks like he's going to have even better year. Kawan Williams is manning the nickel spot. And then we've got our two rookies. That's that's five corners right there. 
where would he fit in and how much would it cost? So we'll keep an eye. I don't think it's going to happen, but it is interesting news. The Steelers wide receiver, James Washington, he also requested a trade. It sounds like he's just not happy with the amount of usage that he's getting. Uh, he's basically a wide receiver two slash three, and he's been relegated to wide receiver four. He's kind of a deep feet, deep threat, even though he's not super fast. I think he ran like a mid four five, but he's got that body control and the elusiveness to get open downfield and make those catches with body control. So he's only got one year left on his deal, but he requested a trade from the Steelers. And also, as of today, I don't know how official it is, Michael Thomas apparently wants out of New Orleans. So I know he's got a huge cap number, and he's currently dealing with some injuries, but Michael Thomas is so good. I mean, if you take away last year because of the injuries and everything, the past few years, Michael Thomas has been a top three wide receiver, so... Interesting that he wants out of New Orleans. It sounds like there was some drama involving them wanting to... Something about his ankle injury or some injury that he had and them reportedly... Again, this is all a lot of allegedly rumor stuff. It sounds like last year he wasn't healthy. They asked him to play unhealthy and they're now mad that... He's unhealthy when they told him not to get surgery when he was injured because they wanted to make a playoff run. So some kind of health drama going on there. Who knows? Maybe Michael Thomas is available. Again, I don't know. I don't think it makes sense for the team because of the cap and everything. But if you can make it work, I mean, getting like a, a top five receiver in the NFL, I mean, who knows? Either way. So just a few guys who might be available any of them worth it? You let me know. John Lynch had his Hall of Fame induction last week, uh, Friday, Saturday. So I do recommend listening to that. Uh, awesome guy. Love having him as a GM. Just class act. Amazing player. Amazing career. Now officially Hall of Fame safety. John Lynch, current 49ers GM. So check out the speech. And yeah, let's just finish up. So some things to watch this week. The main thing I am looking for this week, I just want to see if anyone, if anything changes in these final two days of practice as far as, you know, does Aaron Banks work his way into the ones? Does Ambry Thomas like ball out against the Chargers? Uh, especially the Chargers. That's the big thing I'm looking for is what happens at the joint Chargers practice especially from the Chargers media. I pretty much, I don't really follow the Chargers, but again, because we're getting two different teams practicing together, I really want to see what the reports are from the Chargers media about the Niners players. Uh, you know, how does Lance look next to Herbert? Because again, Herbert balled out. Does Lance look similar? How do they compare? What are guys saying about him? Are we going to get some, some spicy hot takes from, you know, Somebody on the Chargers like, whoa, holy shit, do you see that ball he just threw? Um, do some of our skill positions or some of our line players or something, does somebody stand out? Like, what's what's the big, hot, spicy news that comes out of Thursday's joint Charger practice? And then, of course, Saturday, we get our first preseason game 
against the Chiefs. So that is going to be the coolest thing that happens. Uh, what I'm going to do is we got practice tomorrow. We got joint practice Thursday. I'm going to be back on here Friday, and I'm going to break down the Chargers practice reports, and then I'll also be talking about what I'm going to be looking for in the Saturday game. So I hope you have a great day. Like, subscribe, comment, all that good stuff, and I will catch you next time.